All right, we're <laughs> we're we're gonna be live here. Might be a little out of date now. Make sure we don't have any technical glitches. It's actually funny because uh, I don't know if you've changed the games that you uh, want, but like there's a couple of games on your want list, and I'm like, I have that. What could I trade or sell? Or it's really a funny. And most people that I look at their want list doesn't match some of the games that I have as much as yours does. And then you have all this stuff, and I'm like, oh, oh my god, that's beautiful. <laughs> what, what's your top pick? I'm just curious if I still have it. Um, what do you have? Well, actually, it was the one I got was the tail gunner. Yeah, and I still have both my tail gunners, but I'm glad because God, my tail gunner two is just like. I look at it and I'm like, I wonder if this is ever going to happen. <laughs> I haven't even, I bought a tail gunner in November. I haven't seen it yet. Like, I literally haven't seen it yet. It's still somewhere out on the East Coast. Wait, that's the one from uh, Coinop Warehouse or whatever? Well, they bought it from Buddy. So Buddy put it up for sale. Coinop Warehouse bought it, resold it to me the same day. Typical. And then they didn't, then like, it's somewhere out on the East Coast. And then Jeff, who works with Barcade was supposed to bring it out when he came out to Minnesota one time, but they didn't have it up to New York. It's this whole like goofy thing. It wasn't just fault at all. And um, yeah, so it's just, it's sitting out there, which isn't a big deal. Cause I like, I have a billion and one project. So it's one Brian, of those like, are, ah, you, know, are you sitting in a hole, Brian? Would you like the microphone close? Is that your way of saying you want to hear me better? No. Uh, you sitting in a hole has nothing to do with sound. <laughs> you look like you're underground. <laughs> there. Is that that's better? much better. Oh. Oh. That's nice. Let's hear that hey, siren. So before before we went live, we were talking about Aaron and uh Zyla once made a drive in a truck all the way here to Houston was trapped. Can you can you tell us a little bit about that? Um, so Aaron bought a bunch of games from me. Yeah. When they kept like Sorry, what? When? Uh, last year. Yeah, okay. And uh, it just, like, the number kept growing. He's like, oh, I want this, this, and this. And okay, and then we figured out a price. And it's like, oh, and also you take this, this, and this. And then pretty soon he bought, like, 14 games or something. Whoa. And, the, like, the original one, the first ones that he bought, like, he said, can you, can, can you ship these... Uh, fast and all and I was like sure and I didn't know anything about fast and all and and then when I looked into it I was like I don't want to do that like <laughs> I heard about, well, first of all you gotta you gotta pallet it and then you gotta take it there and then they if it like falls over or something that's it like they, they won't insure it unless you create and, it yeah Wait. so yeah unless you create it exactly and I'm just like I can't do this, and so. But I was, I was trying to figure out what to do, and I was, I was just basically like putting it off because I was like so busy. And then, uh, but he kept buying more games, so it's like it was kind of like, oh well, at least I don't have to deal with it yet because you know I'll do it all at once. <laughs> and it just like dragged on for so long, and I felt bad. So I said, I can't remember. There was a was there another reason? Uh, no, I guess not. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Expo. He, he got some games for me for me. Oh. Uh, so I had to. 
I, I, you know, I bought some games from him, a few. So, I mean, it was silly, like, what I went out there for. Like, that wasn't the reason. The reason I went out there was to deliver the games because they took so long to actually ship them to him. But when it came down to, he bought my Tecmo Bowl, and I was like, there is no possible way that I could pallet this thing. So it just kind of, like... You know, it's I, a big game. I do, and then like he bought so many games. Like I didn't want to be like, oh, just use STI instead because you know the price would be like twice as much. Yeah. And if you if you lump games together, STI isn't terrible. Yeah, that's true. I, I've done that, but still, um, I don't know. I just I was just like, oh, I'll just bring them out to you, and I just. It, it, <laughs> I didn't really, like, envision, like, you know, how much hell it would be, like, the distance and, like, how many games I was taking and and <laughs> stuff. But, uh, you know, I, it seemed like it was worth it just because I was able to sell so many games. And so I did, I went out there, 14 games, and, uh, and then the fuel pump died on my truck when I got... <sighs> I, it, it happened right when I got to his storage unit, so it was like it could have been a hell of a lot worse. Wow. Wow, that's at least you died with, you know, your car died somewhere near someone that was pleasant. Yeah. Did he yeah. at least? Did he at least show you Uncle Rico's van in my unit? <laughs> uh, I don't think so. Oh, you got ripped off. <laughs> He always shows them that. Like the van from the movie Napoleon Dynamite, the orange one that the, the uncle throws the football. That That's in my unit right next to him. No, but I heard about all your vehicles. Ah, yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> Pizza Planet. Right, I, I guess I hadn't worn the shirt yet, so red lights, red shirt. Here we go. Do you have one of the little green squeaky guys? I have three of them. Oh, excellent. I, I don't know where they are. <laughs> Usually they're in the... Um, the claw machine. Mock the magician says, "Hey Zayla, haven't hey Zayla, hey Zyla, haven't heard from you since Grinkers. I've only had one beer. Oh yeah, yeah. It was Grinkers was great. I got to talk to a lot of people that, that I don't get to talk to that often. But I mean, I suppose I could talk to people more often, but I just don't like when I'm <laughs> when you know when I'm not around people. I just I don't know. That's where I met you." For the first time. Grinkfest. Yep. Last year. My hair yep. was darker and gray. Okay, let's get this show on the road. Nice. Alright. Okay. Yeah, here we go. Live from KOYR Studios in Minneapolis, Minnesota, this is Arcade Radio. Hello, Commander. Computer reporting. Intruder alert, intruder alert. Ha ha ha. 
A stimulating opponent. Hello. Welcome to <laughs> Season 4, Episode 18 of the Arcade Radio Podcast. Today is Thursday, April 30th, 2020. The time is now approximately 7.23 p.m. Central. I'm your host, Adam Renzorks. I'm joined by Mr. Mark Time Under Shields and Paradise at your private heavyweight champion of the world, Brian Thurston III. Joining us tonight, collector and one of the largest collection of vintage 80s games, entrepreneur of the and creator of of Hyperspace Arcade in Colorado. Ladies and gentlemen, please say hello to Zyla Duvall. Thank you for joining us tonight. Yay. I'm never going to say germs again, mister. Uh, I think that viruses? sounds like so freaking 80s stand-up, I can't stand it. Ladies and germs. Yeah, ladies and germs. <laughs> That's funny. He did it three times in a row. That's not bad. <sighs> yeah, well, I didn't do it last week either. So, uh, this is the section of the show where we talk about what we've been working on, and that means in the hobby, or if you just aren't into the hobby right now and you're just stuck in your COVID-19 basement, and all you do is sit there and look at dirty magazines all day long, and... Okay, maybe we're getting to a dark Like hole. Adam? That's but, his life. Uh, you know, let's talk a little bit what you've been working on. Mark, why don't you kick us off? So, I I, I have a Piranha, an original uh, cabinet, and I've been restoring it. And I decided that I'm going to use the bit kit to bring it back. Huh. I'm done. I'm just waiting for T-molding, the bit kit, and I'm going to take... Somebody had actually taken an edge connector and soldered it in. Hmm. So I'm going to take that off and solder in a JAMA edge connector. And then I'll be done, and it'll be it'll be pretty cool. It's it's almost complete. It doesn't have side art, um, but I you know there's people with it, and so I'm thinking about doing something with that. Hopefully that game isn't terrible. I've actually only played it like twice. Have you huh. played uh, Piranha? I love Piranha. I have yeah? one. You do just dedicated cabinet and everything. Dedicated cabinet with art. Uh, oh oh hello sir hmm. hi. Um, okay, we're going to be talking a little bit later. There, I saw I, I saw one of those recently for sale that was really nice and had yeah, it's in pretty pristine shape. I'm surprised. Um, it it was a little crunchy because the MDF was very sort of ready to not be glued together anymore. Hmm. But I have since fixed that. Oh, good. Um, and then um, the other thing is I have an op- opportunity. I'm not sure if it's going to happen or not to get a space ace and an us versus them. Hmm. So, looking into that, I have no idea. I, I'm just waiting for the guy to get in back in touch. Does the Space Ace have the Laserdisc player in it, or no? It does. They both have Laserdisc players, and I don't know. I, I asked for pictures of the, uh, the Space huh. Ace. Interesting. I think Us versus Them is always converted, isn't it? Yes. Yes. It's a Mach 3 conversion most of the time. Mach 3, yeah. Can I make a suggestion? Yes. Regarding that? Um... If, you know, if the if it's the original lasers player is probably gonna have problems. Don't whatever you do, don't be tempted. Don't don't dexter it. Just don't don't. don't? Do it. Okay, just get the better laser disc player. Or uh, yeah, I recommend the um, LDB forty four hundred and the you know Lasercon or the Merlin or whatever. Um, and it's amazing. Like like they, my Space Ace and Dragon Slayer, I did that to both of them, and they worked. Flawlessly, the whole time space uh, hyperspace existed, and they still work. Nice pioneer. Uh, um, it's a pioneer laser disc player. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. LD. What was it? Forty four hundred. 
LDV 40, 40, uh, I think they may have one somewhere in storage. Oh, LDV 4400, yeah. Sweet. Hear that, people? Don't Dexter your stuff. Yeah. Don't Dexter. It's yeah, like putting it else. You know, I mean, I, you know, I hate to trash talk someone's product that's trying to, like, you know, keep arcade games going. You know, I appreciate that. And sure, I understand, like, maybe, I, well, I don't know. It's, I haven't bought a 4400 in a while, but they used to be on eBay all over the place, and they usually work. I've bought many of them. But, so, uh, so Billy7's asking, why not a Dexter? Oh, that's what I was going to get to. Okay, the two issues with Dex Dexter are, people may argue with me, but I swear the timing's not right because. Uh, Is it too fast? You 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 just die in places that you don't die on a real Laserdisc player. Like it's it's not the time you can't get the timing right, and I've you know I've I've been playing those games Dragon's Lair and Space Ace like for a long time. You know, I wouldn't say I'm the best at them, but I'm pretty decent. Um, and I just can't play an extra machine. It's just wrong. Mm. And the other thing that really bothers me about it is the blurry video. It's, the, I mean, so obviously they took they took a real laser disc and they digitized it. And the, the laser disc is analog video with NTSC encoding built into it. And it causes like uh, you know artifacts, dot crawl, all that stuff. So they they have to digitize it into something. I mean, it's not going to have NTSC encoding in the, the the files that it's playing off of the you know the whatever. Right. The, they're they're the, like the state media on it is. I don't know exactly how how what the technology is, but anyway. Um. So I don't know if they tried to clean it up so that you don't you know if you like digitize something that's already got artifacts in it, it's gonna like it's going to look worse. So they probably just put like some kind of like smoothing filter on it and it just makes the whole thing look really like soft and kind of slightly blurry. And it's very obvious that it's not uh, not a real LaserDisc player, at least to me. So when you go for, so I can understand the game difference in like Dragon Slayer, but if you take a game like Mach 3 or Us versus Them where it's more of a overlay thing where you're using the LaserDisc for the background, so then you're getting the blurriness, correct? But not the actual timing problems, or do you still see timing problems? I don't know. Um, uh, so I have a Mach 3 project, and I was gonna put a, um, a, I think the LaserCon is the one that works. It only works with the LVV8000 player, um, mm -hmm. but I've not done it. I've not used uh, used a different LaserDisc player in a Mach 3. Um, I mean, considering the nature of the game, like you said, it's it's gonna you're you know you're mostly gonna notice the detail in the graphics overlaid on top of the laser's background. So I imagine it wouldn't look as bad as opposed to where the whole game is like a cartoon that's on a laser disc. But uh, um, yeah, I can't I, I can't say anything that the timing issue is probably not the same at all. I'm imagining in between those games, so. I didn't even know Dexter could do Mach 3 or, uh, or Us versus Them. I'm going to have to look into that. Because I've got a laser disc player for my Mach 3, and I have a Dexter. So I start playing with both of them. I see. So that's all I'm working on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey. Well, Brian, why don't you, uh, why don't you uh, go next? Me? 
Uh, let's see, cabinet-wise, I was getting ready to do my Ninja Baseball Batman. I had an M92 board that was uh, Skins. I decided Skins is a terrible game. Converted it to uh, Ninja Baseball Batman, which is kind of a crazy side-scrolling beat-em-up, which is actually, i got to admit, much more fun than I anticipated it to be. A lot of people talked about it. I bought the artwork from Joe Zabo, and it looks... He did this, like this new package. I have original artwork for the conversions that came from Summit, but I bought the artwork from Joe. It looked awesome, <laughs> but it was for a Konami cabinet, cool. and this is a Data East cabinet. And so all of my artwork didn't fit. And I just, it, I wasn't even thinking when I bought it. Like, I just was like, I just need this. I was doing a million other things, and I laid it on there, and I'm like, shit. So I got in touch with Joe. I think I'm going to end up buying another set of artwork. Uh, but um, hopefully this cabinet will be done in the next two, three weeks. Um, the art, if you haven't seen him, what he's done, he really did a nice job doing a custom artwork package for that. And there wasn't really a side art package for that. His art really matches the game art much better than the original Irem stuff did, um, which we also have. But anyways, and for a game that was a conversion most of the time, I didn't have a problem with that. Sweet. So outside of that, not much. Uh, we'll talk about some stuff in the gadget section. Oh, all right. That sounds good. Uh, I've, I've been working on um, uh, not a whole lot, except for I did tear apart my twenty my um, my Journey suitcase power supply, <laughs> which is great. Um, I'll share that in the chat right now. There you go. So... Uh, everybody's familiar with the suitcase power supply it's got two gigantic um filter caps on it and one fairly humorously large oil cap wedged between a couple of transformers and uh and a mess of wires underneath and so i took copious amount of, of, of photos even though i have reference material with other suitcase power supplies mm -hmm. uh and i s preserved all the the aluminum stickers and I'm wondering if I can get those made somewhere. Oh, somebody who can print stuff? Yeah, somebody who might print stuff. Maybe somebody we know. <laughs> somebody. Someone who's not paying attention. I don't know. I'm, pay I'm paying attention. <laughs> we just want to print right down. I, so that's what I want to do. I want to put the suitcase metal in there and print straight to that. Oh, that'd be Actually, that'd be kind of cool considering what, what I'm planning, right, Brian? Yeah. All right. Should, should I tease that? I probably should. So basically, uh, I've been wanting to powder coat this thing. And you shouldn't powder coat your power supply metals because powder coating is not conductive. And you need ground. So I'm going to powder coat it anyway. <laughs> yeah, you're going to do it anyway. I'm gonna, yeah, exactly. So I'm going to expose the areas that are required for ground. Uh, and I'm going to powder coat it. Uh, one of the local powder coating companies here, SC Customs, does um, a chrome powder coat and so my flashy you know custom journey machine that i've been not working on for a year is going to have a chromed out power supply <laughs> so that'll be fun so anyway pulled that apart and the mousetrap uh, metals came off today so those are going to be going along for some powder coating so i can finish up my mousetrap i've got uh I've got some new red T-molding I'm going to stick on that. When I bought that thing, it had black T-molding, but somebody had put red tape over the top of the T-molding, 
Or maybe it shipped with that and they just never took the red tape off. But mm. <laughs> it looks really cool, I thought, the red. So I'm going to go with red instead of black. And, uh, you know, because why not? I'm not giving it to anybody else. It's my game. I like it. This is my, uh, one of my Atari power supplies from uh, System 1. So Roadrunner, was, I was going to do some custom printing on here just to have some fun with it. So we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Well, I, I missed it. I was on a different screen. It's just just the I, I'd have done it in black. Oh, okay. So I'm gonna throw a little Roadrunner symbol down on here and do the fuse values and everything straight onto but it. But the just, thing is, you, for that too, you need to grind off the part part of it to make sure you have yeah. ground. Yeah. No, I got to make sure I have ground. Yeah, yeah. No, ground connections need to be there. And we're we're you're taking care of that. Yeah. Because that would suck. Speaking of we, grounds, we we fix. You know how many up down cabinets they clip the grounds on? Yeah, that is just we insane. We won't go no. there. Yeah, oh yeah, it's insane. Like we have a hundred power cords now. We've been reinstalling grounds in like fifty cabinets. I bet Zyla just... knows the importance of grounds. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> most of the time. Sometimes you take them off when, you, when they say you're not supposed to. Yeah, you, have you had to do that so you could fix it, make it work? Mostly with monitors with like interference patterns. It's like, why is there a ground wire going to the frame when? You disconnect it, and the interference pattern goes away. Oh, interesting. Oh. Uh, so it's and it, and we we just had uh, a guy on uh, James Dindorf who had the opposite experience. He had he had all kinds of problems with his monitors because there was no ground. So yeah, it, it can be either or 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 it doesn't care. Like it, I, I you know I, I have not quite mastered the art of figuring out you know, why it's like that in a particular game yeah. what the difference is or anything but um, they, should yeah. make, they should make plugs with like a little switch so you can turn the ground off <laughs> you know what I love well, is when there's I no think, well it's weird because I think they say like you know oh you you know some some people will be like oh you need that you need that earth ground or it's like you know a hazard or whatever but then it's like so many games don't have any kind of ground going to the monitor. I, I love it when you don't have a ground and you lean on the metal on top of the machine and you get a jolt. That's my favorite. Oh, can I can I tell a story about that? Oh yeah, for sure. Of course. So, oh, I, I've always noticed that, like between pinball machines, all the time, like you you like touch the the rails, you know, the side Zzz. the side rails on two different machines, and you get you know you get that that current through you. It's like it's not a big deal, but it's like it doesn't exactly feel great. Yeah. Um, but uh, <laughs> you know, it's just normal, really. Like, um, but uh, anyway, I had a uh, in hyperspace, I had a Terminator Two and a space gun right next to each other. And people would like lean. I can't remember how it went, but they would lean on one from the other, and they would get they would they would get that effect. <laughs> <laughs> they would come up to the counter and be like, "You better do something! I got electrocuted!" <laughs> I got electrocuted. <laughs> um, oh yeah, well, tell me about it. And it's like, <laughs> I was you know I was playing Terminator Two, and and then I like bumped into Space Gun, and I got I got shocked really bad, and it's like. Uh, okay. <laughs> well, sure take care of that, and it's just like that—that—that that, that little, you know, tiny bit of current that you feel, like that. It's like a nine-volt battery. You'll lick the nine-volt battery. Was not in danger. <laughs> Has anyone else licked a nine-volt battery in the last ten years? I no, have. My my wife says her brother made her do that. Are you so. promoting beer at the same time you're talking about nine-volt batteries? 
This is a B fifty two Hello Marshmallow. Oh, which is just pretty decent. So I've never heard of that. So at my house, we have these parties, Zyla, and I had a Cheyenne. I had this room where they had rewired it, and they cut off all the ground of the room. And my Cheyenne in that room with the metal gun, people would go, and they'd, they we actually have a, a pool down one end of the house, and they'd go in the pool, they'd come inside, and the kids would go to play the gun game, and they'd hold the gun, and it would it would zap them because there was no <laughs> ground in the whole room. <laughs> That's awesome. That was uh, less than ideal. Is that that where you found like all these wires stuck in the wall or oh, something? Yeah, it was literally like this lump of wires that was shoved in the wall with like uh, electrical tape. I was, it was, oh my god, that was a disaster. You know what else uh, is in that room that could use a good jolt? Uh, a game that Zyla has on her want list. Uh-huh. What game is that? Pray Adam tell. Hates Exterminator. <laughs> Why? <laughs> so, I actually got an exterminator, but it's it's like a factory conversion. So I'm still looking for the one with the little like house shape on the top. You got that? And oh. Adam hates it. Yeah, you're welcome to it, Zyla. Take it from him. Trade him <laughs> for a tax scan or something. Just get it out of there. It's the worst game ever. I don't know why you want it. I actually bought it at a captain's auction, and we won't. Oh, just, uh, tell, just, tell the just tell us what the price is. Just tell us what the price was. It wasn't very much, but what was funny is it didn't work until uh, Billy7, who's in the chat, and I spent probably about 15 straight hours getting the freaking sound working because somebody had plugged in the board, the soundboard backwards, blown out half of the chips. And what was funny is, like, it says, like, the, like the, the label of the testing doesn't really match what's on the boards, so we were convinced that like we had one board working and the test wasn't working on something else and it was completely the opposite. So, anyways, <laughs> but it is fully working now. <laughs> Mark is licking an eye hole. I think do it's it. a cool game. Do it, Mark. Adam. Do it. Adam. Hates it. <laughs> Mark is just about to lick a battery. <laughs> <laughs> And the show just became jackass. No, I mean. <laughs> oh, that's good times. Oh, it just gets funny. <laughs> so can I tell my my uh, exterminator story? Yeah, absolutely. Of course. I'm gonna get a beer, so don't don't yeah, go be it. offended. Don't I'll be take right back. It like he's uh, rejecting. It, it's not much of a story, but um, so I remember when that game came out when it was a new game, and it was just like. Whoa! It was just like so unbelievable, like with the digitized graphics, and like, yep. I mean, it was also so ridiculous because you were like a hand shooting, like lasers out of a fingertip. It was just, it just, I don't know. It just really affected me when, when that game was new, yeah. and I played it a lot, and then it just disappeared, and I never saw it again, and I had. I actually forgot about it. I forgot it existed. And then just like one day, like, I don't know how long ago, like maybe, maybe like 10 years ago or something, I was just like thinking about, and so it just came into my mind, the, the, the hand shooting the laser and the bugs and everything. And I was like, what was that? Oh my God. What was that? Am I making this up? Am I like, <laughs> Was it a dream I had? Like, that happens to me sometimes. If it's like a game that I have. It's haven't more seen. of a nightmare. <laughs> but anyway, like I, I figured out what it was, and, and then I remembered everything, and I, you know, the name and the cabinet shape and everything, and I was just like, I have to have one of these. 
because I remember how much I liked that when it came out. That is amazing. Two people on the planet that love Exterminator. Maybe it's just that Brian's doesn't work. Awesome. Brian, we're going to have Warren on this show, and he's going to tell you how much that game sucks. (laughs) Oh, man. Maybe it's next awesome. week. Let's. I'll call him. Okay. Do it. I can't believe call you down. licked a nine volt. Hey, Zyla, what have you been working on in the hobby? Uh, moving. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've got like a trailer full of games right now outside that I have no room to put them until I get another storage unit, and I've got like a million games packed into my place, and I can barely walk. Um, so I don't have. I can't work on anything uh, right now except hopefully making space so that I can move. Yeah. Um, well, I think with the last, uh, well, the last things I was doing was th- like I I sold some games. I have a really bad habit of selling someone a game that's not like not in the condition that I promise it will be, and then. It's like, oh, it's okay, I'm not gonna, you know, I'll, I'll buy it, like, in a month. It's like, okay, and then they send me the money, and it's like, oh, okay, I don't need to pick it up for another month. And this was happening with some games, like, as I was getting ready to shut down hyperspace, and, you know, then the time comes, and it's like, oh, shit, like, this R-type is a, is a mess, like, I have to fix this, so, you know, so then I'm, like, I'm up all night, like, bonding and painting and everything to, like, fix the cabinet, and then and then it's like, then I present it. It's like, here it is, just like I promised. And meanwhile, I have like no sleep. <laughs> well, I, you know what? We're, we're going to move on to our next segment because we've been, boy, this, is, this has been one of the best uh, what you've been working on segments in a long time, I think. I don't know. Right, guys? I guess that's me. And we have news today, right? At least we have one or two. Allegedly. Okay. Allegedly. I, I, have, I have one little article I'm going to read. Hey, let me read this right now. Let me All just right, go ahead. Something. There's an update from Adam Korchesny, One Circuit, about the pole position FPGA board. Oh, this is awesome. Is, he, is yes. this because everybody else has been dishing dirt on him in the last two weeks? Ah, no, those people. Oh, they They've weren't dishing that. dirt. There was a yeah. lot of respect going on. Huh. Respect. Oh, respect. Okay. So, yep. To quote Adam, well, if there's one benefit to this government-mandated quarantine, it's allowed me to be heavily refocused on the pole position clone. ROM set load times have been brought down from 20-plus seconds to 2 seconds, and the high score and soft dip saves are in good shape. So, that being said... I think it's finally time to pull the trigger on some prototypes and get them out in the field. Wow. That way I can, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that way I can continue to put in the finishing touches and uh, getting some of the essential eval and feedback on the hardware. Chatters, always, what do you think? Is this going to happen? I mean, it's been 13 years since he started I mean, this project. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, seriously. He says I, know, he says, I know it's been a long road. 13 but years. will end with us all taking the nice long victory lap and not dying you know like from old age i would say it's at least three times more complicated than the spy hunter sheets that took me four years i'm pretty sure people have died already that and wanted to invest in that thing uh uh, (laughs) i gotta get a spy hunter seat one day yeah Mm. 
one right. of the hate reasons I hate Kurt Vendel. Hey, Kurt Vendel, if you're listening, I hate you. Uh, <laughs> Who? He, he had a Atari 7800 expansion project that he worked on for bajillion years that never shipped. And I, oh. and I paid him, and he lost all the records of payment, so... Uh, you had to produce your own record of payment, which I was. I bought it under a different bank account, so I I, I donated a hundred and some dollars to Kurt Vendel's uh, project and never got my product. That's that's the kind of thing I love about you know vaporware like this pole position FPGA. I'll believe it when I see it. Okay. Not, not that I'm bitter or anything. So did the 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 XM seven hundred XM whatever uh, did it ever come out? No, not to my knowledge. He just took everybody's money and ran. Oh. Oh, we don't need another RAM controls. Yeah, uh, it, it's a little disheartening. Uh, oh, man. Yeah. And I see him in other circles, and I just avoid him because I just I don't want to be mean. But now I said it on the air, so he'll probably hear this and go, well, that guy's a dick. Okay. I, am, I, almost, uh, I was going to order one of those, too. It seemed like a really cool project. Yeah. But it's like it's the same age as the pole position project, and I know people that have invested in it are not around anymore. And uh, you know, there's a bunch of people that are still like, "Yeah, this would be great," and, uh, whatever. Well, luckily right. nobody's invested in the pole position. So. Yeah, that's different, right? It's different if you say you have something. It's 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 another if you say you have something and you take people's money and then don't produce something. Well, I, so as somebody who's done that side of it with spy hunter seats, yeah, but that was that was close. at least three years, right? That's not like thirteen it was, years. But it was three or four years. We took You've some been money. Vindicated. Well, we did finish them, but like yeah. I think a lot of these guys finish them, and they, there ends up being like the the vacuum molding place basically just kept saying six months, six months, six months, and like finally they did them. But I remember at one point people got so pissed, and I just got on the thread and said, "Look, guys, I, I don't care if I have to pay three thousand dollars for my own seat. I fucking love Cockpit Spy Hunter. I'll pay that for the Spy Hunter. I'll give everybody their money back." And all of a sudden, crickets. Right. One exactly. one person, one person asked for their money back. I was like, "I don't care." <laughs> and that one person, I believe, ordered the seat afterwards, and then they were like, "Well, can I get the pre-order price?" I'm like, "No." <laughs> like, no. I mean, like, I'm not like all these other guys stuck with it. You backed out. Right. Like, right. no. Again, and there's I, and, there's good intentions, and then there's like taking people's money and never producing anything. I I I think most of the people start with good intentions, <laughs> and I think they run into walls. I mean, it is it's it's not. <laughs> I so think a lot of the what's what? Uh, so so I, I hear you're defending Kurt. So I want I want you to know. I want you to tell me what's the threshold for for an investment in a project. Should I just like if I do Indiegogo or Kickstarter and I give you 150 days. bucks or 300 dollars? When do I get my product? Do you give me updates? Do you not give me updates? When you give me updates, I, is it every six months or every 12 months? And then I, when do I see the product? And when is it okay th- for you not to produce the product? I think updates are good, but I think that these are like being an angel investor in a company, and sometimes they fail. Yeah. Yeah. And so it, when it I is. when I do stuff like this, I look at it like, I mean, so, and I may have a different approach in this, and I'm not saying it's the right approach. But when I get involved in these projects, I assume I'm never going to get it. And if I do, it's awesome. And And I go out and support projects like that because I want some of them to hit. And if nobody does it, then they're never going to hit. And to me, it's more about kind of getting the hobby moving and supporting it. And so, but that's, I, that, I'm not saying that's right for everybody. That's not right. And I hate you. 
Okay, moving on. Uh, from interestingengineering.com, Programmers performs a brain transplant to make one arcade game run another. Once upon a time, the arcade was the only place where you could play video games, it turns out. Well, that's not true. You could play them in your house. If you were uh, to look inside, maybe in the golden age, though, right? So if you were to look inside one of these... Old Pong, Pong preceded Pong. <laughs> That's true. So, if you were to look inside one of these old machines, you'd find custom boards unique for every game. Some boards by the same manufacturer might have shared common hardware traits, but that's about it. Reddit user at Twisted Symphony decided to make use of that. So, according to a Reddit post, they had um, made a hobby out of finding cheap and old arcade games that run similar hardware to more rare or expensive games. Then they convert the cheap hardware to run the more expensive game. Uh, so the Redditor had been hacking around with Taito 2 F2 hardware in one of the conversions they turned into uh, Aiku, not Koshin, which is a Japanese baseball game into Gun and Frontier, a vertical shoot 'em up and post about their experiences on a wide breadth of different tools and techniques. By using MAME um, to discover the differences between the hardware, they were able to perform the needed physical hardware hacks, such as a few bodge wires and extra addresses, lines, and such that uh, made the transplant possible. So... While there were minor issues like graphics, corruption, and controller problems, they were successfully able to run uh, one of these uh, old games on another set of hardware. So that's it. Uh, interestingengineering.com. Check that out. Right. That kind of reminds me of the whole, oh, we're going to be able to run Skyskipper on hardware. Where, where the hell is that? Mm-hmm. Well, I forgot to even ask that last week. What the? Well, we could have him back on. I, I mean, I don't <laughs> I, I think he's. Well, I, I forgot totally about that. I, I mean, I, really, I want a skyskipper. Anybody else here? I, that'd be kind of fun. I would actually. I love Nintendo cabinets. I just. Um, I wish all the games were great. Well, wait a minute. They are. <laughs> right. So I read. I read this article. I'm sorry. What'd you say, Zyla? I'd have to disagree with that. You what, what, you, uh, you hate an exterminator. I. Pretty much hate all Nintendo games. Oh, do you, oh yeah, you don't like Donkey Kong or Popeye or any of those. Have I you ever played Hellfire? Like Popeye, but technically Popeye wasn't made by Nintendo. Huh? Just like R Type, I like. Uh, I love R Type, but it's not really a Nintendo game. Take him to him, Zyla. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> God, I had to go and invite someone who fucking likes Exterminator on their show. All right. <laughs> 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 All right, we're gonna skip this next news article because I'm oh. I'm done with the news. Are, the thing though, I read that article and they were talking about this whole brain thing. It's like, yeah, that's what people do all the time. And we yeah. did that with an M92 board to make Ninja Baseball Batman. It was this Hackaday article. It was actually coming up on my Google feed. Oh, and I'm like, that's not news. Hey, I mean, that's slow times, dude. What do you want? It's the basis of the bit kit. He does one board set that yeah. plays a bunch of stuff. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. But you know, and this next article is about someplace closing, not opening, and I just I'm, I don't want to do that. So let's move that's on. That's fine. Let's do something more interesting. Back in '82. Wait a second. Did we skip Why Brian? Are you skipping me again? Did we skip him last week? <laughs> yeah, no. you did. 
Did you? I think we did. And he blew by me to you. I got fired. That's awesome. Let's back this up a minute. I always felt that the true stars at Atari was engineering. Oh, you're an inventor. Yes, I am. What have you invented? A lot of things. Like? Like a lot of things. Like things that you've heard of. Like? Well, things that you will have heard of, okay? Patents are patents. Arcade gadgets Welcome to the gadget section. So we've got a couple of new and interesting things going on today. Um, one of them I'm going to show. One of them I can't show. The one that I'm going to show here and I can't. Why do you do that? Why do people do that? Why? Why what? would you tune into a show to have someone say, have "I'm not going to show you show. something"? I'm going to talk about something. You talked about the news. You didn't actually show us the brain transplant. Okay, fair enough. Drop mic. Leave room. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so um, we have had several problems with fixing 6100 uh, high-voltage sections, boards, and all sorts of stuff, uh, or 6100 neck boards where people crash into them and crack them, and I, we needed a solution for this. And there is a solution that is out there, but it was very expensive, and we fix a lot of 6100s. So we reproduced the 329 and the 316 boards for the 6100. Um, it's a direct copy. Uh, there is no innovation to this. Uh, oh, Dave nice. Okert is working on an awesome board that innovates a little bit and makes adds some other features. That was not the goal here. The goal here was cheap, easy access, original reproduction. If there's any hacks you did on the original board, they can be done on this. Even the traces, I don't know if you can see that really well. The traces are exactly the same as the original. So we did the pores the way they originally done. All the markings are on there so you know what goes where. Um, but the idea of this was your original board is toast. You want to take some of the components over. And we had a little debate today over whether people would use old components or new components. I said, knowing the arcade people that I know, they will spend 40 hours transplanting components rather than spending $10 on new resistors. So my guess is a lot of people will be using their old stuff. But oh. we've got neck boards done in the two high voltages. We ran the 329, and it ran like a champ. So this now... And tell us how much it'll cost, Bob. Well, I, so our goal on this is, like I said, it's cheap. So we're going to put these out at probably 15 bucks a board. That's um, awesome. It'll be like a dollar shipping. So literally, first class envelope out to you. I got to say, so, that's for the high voltage, right? Not for the deflection. Yeah. What's the and deflection going to run? The ne neck board's probably going to be about uh, $10. The deflection, probably not much more than 20 I, I still have to get the final numbers on it, but probably a $20 board. So we, I mean, can buy the, the, a, we can buy a kit for like 50 bucks. Yeah, well, so we don't have kits. I mean, um, I mean, you could buy the trifecta. You could get the... Yeah, now, exactly. I'm, I'm not saying a parts kit. I'm just saying for the boards. Less than 50 bucks. That's pretty so, awesome. The goal is really just to like provide people something that they can play with, that they can have... Like, I have a lot of broken neck boards, and so that's the whole goal. Well, just think I about mean, how many chassis boards also have like huge burn marks where the LV was. Where, yeah. that, where that section is, right? So, I mean, I would actually consider buying one because it's blue and it would look cooler in the inside of the Star Wars than the green one. Well, and what's funny <laughs> is I've had all these people going, oh, you should have done this, you should have done this, you should have done this. I'll take two of them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, right. You know, so, and and really, like one of, like I said earlier in the show, one of our goals is just to provide this stuff at a reasonable, accessible price because it just makes sense. 
Jason, who is in the chat, who was on the show a couple weeks ago, is coming up with some awesome new stuff. This is not to interrupt those developments or like Dave Oker's developments. It's just to provide a low-cost entry where you say, hey, I have some parts of my original board. It looks like crap because there's a hole in it. We literally have holes in some of our boards that people brought in. They go, can you fix this? And we're like, well, half of it's actually technically missing. So <laughs> anyways, so that's the one, one new thing we're working on. was super exciting. The other thing that I wanted to bring up, which I don't have a picture of, and I'm really sorry, is have you guys heard of the Pokey Max? I have. So there's I, the Pokey One, which is count. the Pokey replacement. Yes. This is and, a Pokey One right here. Yep. And those guys did a really cool job. Uh, the Pokey Max kind of it, took it a step further. So if you read the description on the Pokey One, which is really neat, um, they mention how it works in arcade games, they validate it in arcade games, but it doesn't quite have some things and it doesn't work in the Atari computers. There we go. Right. The, po the Pokey Max works on all Atari-based products. Finally! So, wow. And they, and they well, actually it's... have stere stereo output capabilities. There's a whole onslaught of other things they've added to this. And hopefully, we'll see what's happening. I don't want to jinx us, but I've been talking with the guys over in Poland about bringing it to the U.S. through the store. So I kind so of approached cool. them a while ago. And hopefully we're going to have them on the shelf soon. I, I've been sweet-talking as best I can. So now you rough. can restore your ball blazer cart that you stole your pokey from. Well, or your Atari Classic computer. I'm just kidding. Pokey. I mean, this is a joke. Right? Yeah. Like, who's going to spend 60 bucks to make their ball blazer work? That is that is one of the one of the holdups. Uh, so the Pokey One is forty dollars, I believe. Am I yeah, correct, correct on that, guys? Yes. That's right. And the Pokey Max, I believe, starts at like in the mid fifties or sixty bucks. Yeah, and so I'm kind of yeah, but, yeah. Makes me wonder what what I don't know. It's like Silas talking about you know minor timings in a in a laserdisc game, and I know these are FPGA reproductions of Pokey technology. But I'm I'm like leery, like when I stick this into, and what? How many does Star Wars need? Four? There's four of them, right? Does it? So use a quad? Yeah, I think so. It's a quad. quad. So then you're like, okay, you put all those in, and you're like, okay, what's going to be different? And uh, also, does uh, are those are on the soundboard? So you might not be able to use the Pokey one. You might have to use Pokey Max. Yeah, and, and so this is, I mean, I don't know for sure. I want to get some of them in and do some testing. But to me, mm -hmm. when you have one that can do all of the original Atari computing platforms and one that works specifically on the games, I, it seems to me like there would have been some more attention pay, played it, paid to the system if you're trying to incorporate everything. But I don't know. Sure. So... It's a cost so, savings, though. But that's kind of cool. Uh, the, so sixty one hundred boards. When can we expect uh, to be able to order those? Sixty one hundred boards should be up on the site within the next week. Uh, really? So we're actually the three sixteen is built and out on the test bench. We should be testing that tomorrow or the next day, and then the neck board should be early next week. And so those three will be up there. Deflection boards. So realistically, you're looking at about drop. two weeks for full availability on all the boards. Yeah. I mean, okay. tentatively. Yeah. That's still so, good. And it's Paradise, you know, ParadiseArcadeShop.com. All right, so that's pretty That's pretty freaking cool. That's what I got, that's what I got for gadgets what, today. What did you have for gadgets last week? I, you know, it's funny. I was laying in bed, like, middle of last, you know, I'm like, over the weekend, I'm like, did we skip Brian? When you start off, and well, we had Jason last week. Yeah. 
That was like a whole gadget show. I know, and I totally skipped the gadgets. You did, but that's okay because it's just Jason was there. I know. I'm irrele- in the presence of Jason, I'm irrelevant. Yeah, that's very that's very kind of you. But uh, <laughs> I'm sad we skipped you last week. Off, right? Yeah. He Jason's in the chat now. Yeah. Jason. By the way, and he was the speaking first one. Of, uh, speaking of Jason, I saw something. He's doing something. It looked like with a pole position FPGA board. Also, is that right? High high. Doing high position. Yeah, the uh, high based pole position board. Not trying to supplant the FPGA, but offer like cruising USA and other possibilities on your, your pole position. In your pole position, it's crazy. Yeah. So you basically take. He's got a built-in pie with this. It's, it's unbelievable. I, I, wa- I want one just because it looks cool. I mean, I mean, it's definitely not the same as just an FPGA pole position. I think that both products actually could fit in the marketplace. Yeah. Think about it. Yeah, put it on said, a switcher. Yeah, and then we can get Jim Riddle involved with Riddle TV and have him make a switcher, and you got both systems, and there you're there ready you ready to go. go. Wow. That's, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> I feel like FPGA is pretty close to original hardware if it's oh. done right. So it's it is. Like, that's oh, yeah. then, you know, if you're going for authenticity and um, it, 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 you know, it's acceptable, I think, to put it to use an FPGA board. Um, yeah. I would not use a computer for you know replacing board. But then, if you're running Cruising USA in your pole position, you probably don't care about that. So exactly. No. And if yeah. you're running pole position and you don't have a running pole position, you probably don't care about that either. Because it's a pain it's in the right. ass to pole position, freaking running, right? So, it's, yeah, I had I had a pole position too, and I was like constantly fighting with the board. I had two boards, and they both sort of worked, and it'd be like, yeah, well, this one's working better than the other one. I'll switch it, and then like, ah, I think I'll switch it back to the other. Right, one. I, and I think that's but the, the point is like, well, in the in in lieu of Adam's FPGA, which will be lovely when it materializes, this. This pie thing is like that's pretty exciting. Anyway, let's move on to the next segment. We talked about that last week. Back in '82, I used to be able to throw a pigskin a quarter mile. Back, back to, to the, the cave, cave with with time runner. Why are things so heavy in the future? Is there a problem with the Earth's gravitational pull? Welcome to Back to the Cave, and I'm Time Runner. Hi. Hi. Let's go. So uh, this first segment where we talk about what's going on in the arcade and we pick a date in the somewhere in the past. Um, today I, I have like a little sample that I'm going to ask Adam to play. Yeah. And I'm going to I'm going to ask the people in the chat if you can name the main actor that you hear, the title of the movie, and the video game being played. No points, but if you're really if you're really into it, you're going to know it. All right. So. We're not giving any hints, right? You're just going to... No hints whatsoever. All right, here you go. It's a movie from the 80s. This is really quiet. I should have downloaded this. It's pretty cool. I like it. Is that a real game? I mean, a real song? Yes, it is. I have it. It's actually on a, uh, the uh, re- reissue of the soundtrack. Um, let me just see what I'll pull up the song. And somebody already got it. Uh, Yo Eddie, I think, got it. Um, yeah. You're going to give it to him? Well, Yo Eddie got Mar- Matthew Broderick, Broderick and Galaga, but nobody's figured out the movie yet. 
Oh, it is not. It is not joysticks. <laughs> oh, S fifteen hundred, War Games. Nice Correct. work. That's pretty good. Uh, yeah. So let's see here. Was oh, that tic tac toe? No. Oh, that's kind of cool. They they added a few things here. Let me just see coral version. Oh. No, I'm not finding it. I thought it was on here. Oh, Video Fever, is that it? There, you go. <gasps> there it is! That is so cool! Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna add that to my list. Yeah, so uh, Entrada re-released this. It's probably sold out, but if you... Uh, if I know a guy, if you need... Cause, okay. Just saying. It's so it's such a, a War Games type of vibe, that yeah. song. So weird. War games actually inspired me to become a programmer. Just like... Nice. It was a large inspiration for the book uh, Ready Player One. Uh, in fact, there's several references to it in the in the book that are not in the film. Um, and if you've never read Ready Player One, it's a much better book than it is a movie. Uh, which it's is also a good. Uh, it's also a good audio book, except for that will. Will Wheaton actually reads the scoreboard every time a chapter starts with it. Oh, no. And it's really kind of cumbersome after, like, the 20th time. Yeah. Why would he do that? Is well, that yeah, they, they told him, you know, he doesn't, like, decide. So. No, they just like, hey, we're going to pay you. You're Will Wheaton. You're a nerd. People will listen to nerds. So I read it to myself. And uh, because of the dulcet tones of Adam's voice, I fell asleep every time. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, no. Okay, hey, what's in the juke? What's in... <laughs> uh, psh, psh. What's in the juke? All right. Welcome to What's in the Juke, where we will play... A song, and in tonight's show, you yeah. will guess the title of the song, and you will be awarded a half point. Oh, that sounds half, good. Or half point. Oh, you want me to play the sounds? Okay, here we go. Half point. <laughs> if, Full point. If, if you guess the artist, you will get a full point, and then tonight, as a bonus, you will get an extra half point if you can half name point. me. The 80s film that that song was featured in. Is this soundtrack night? It's soundtrack night. Oh, my gosh. We should have had a whole jingle for that. <laughs> it's soundtrack it's night. It's soundtrack. So we're, we're going to play less of these songs than we normally do just for fun. Right? Okay. This sure. is, actually, this is going to be my favorite show ever. Hey, yeah. You know what? And, in fact, show the, the, the second track we're going to play, which I have not played yet. But I think we should give, uh, uh, um, I mean, because some of these might have more than one movie they're in, right? True, but um, we will accept other minor films that are not the major films. But but should, but I think that the, okay. Uh, but if you like pick, my cousin used this in his own movie at his house. <laughs> no, that doesn't count. It doesn't count. It has to be uh, funded. A major film that and, was yeah. in a movie theater. And, and or shown at Sundance or some, sure. yeah, something like that. No, right. not Sundance. Forget what you're talking about. <laughs> I don't know. 
It should have played in Los Angeles County at some point. <laughs> Do you get it? Do you know why I'm saying that? Yeah, that's no, actually yeah. one of the prerequisites for a movie to be in the Oscar. It has to play in Los Angeles County, which is wow. ridiculous. That is redu- that's redumbulous. Yes. All right, here comes your first track. Here's your hint. Oh, that's just a joke. Ah. Uh. Nice. You just you, you don't need to play more than that, really. Metropolis says 80s pornos are excluded. That is correct, Metropolis. <laughs> oh, come on. I think it would be good. They're always... They're How would always, we like, verify that mock- in the first place? Casey Relford got the title. Mm-hmm. See how we're doing here. Simple Minds is, is Damon, Cla- Damon Clausen. Damon Clausen got Damon, Simple Minds. welcome back to the show. Uh, good to see you in the chat. I miss that guy. we got to have him back on again. All right, so that was "Don't You Forget Me" by Simple Minds. Uh, uh, and somebody, we give a couple. Metropolis of... got the film "The Breakfast Club." Half point. All right, for all those folks, that, this is going to make this interesting. Okay. Uh, no. <laughs> now this this one has been in a couple of films, and I'm going to th- I'll accept three films, Mark, and I'll tell you okay. why in a second. I, I know. I know. <laughs> oh. I'll never get it. <laughs> you have to, Are you talking about your sex life for the song? You guys have to name the exact Rocky movie. Up, oh, Casey did it. All Rocky right. three. Rocky three is correct. Of course, Casey got it. It's also on Nobody. the Rocky four soundtrack, and <laughs> and it's also in um, a little known film called King of Kong. Yeah. So Eddie got Eye of the Tiger, and he also got Survivor as well. Oh, nice. We got a, a whole bunch of half points in there. I know. So many. Half just point. Them around. Full point. <laughs> half point. Full point. Well, make up your mind. Somebody likes it. All right. Uh, so then, God, that guy's annoying. <laughs> oh. All right. So this next song. Oh. I have the liger. Uh God. Yeah, alright. Uh is that the name of the song in this one? I, I don't know if it is. It is. It is. Uh I really I don't uh, okay. Yes. Here we go. And Nice. Is that good? I thought Adam was gonna do take. I uh, was gonna do uh, karaoke. Damon Clausen got the movie. Casey got the song and the artist. Burke Birkin. <laughs> so that was "Take My Breath Away" by Berlin, and "Top Gun" was the movie. Uh, there's a bunch of half points in there. Half point. And a full point for Casey. Full point. And you guys, uh, you gotta keep, uh... Oh, hold on, I gotta like, see what's going on here. Yeah? Okay, Z- let's see what's going on. Zyla, are you getting these? These are... Sorry about that. Am I, am I getting the songs? And yeah, the are you getting them before our chatters? Sorry, sorry, what? Are you, are you guessing the songs before our chatters do? Uh, um, I, uh... I thought that was War Games. I think we're close, though. 
Uh, this next song. <laughs> oh, you guys are gonna like this one. Uh, yeah. I. Are we? Are we ready for the next one, Mark? Are you? Are you? St- are you st- I'm ready. You're tallying up. Step away for tally complete. Okay. Well, uh, Casey's in first place. All right. Here we go. I believe this is the first time we played this song on the show. It's so weird, right? It is The Power of Live by Andy Baldwin. Right. I'm going to give that to him. And that is Back to the Future, Mr. Peabody. And it is Huey Lewis, Andy Baldwin. We'll give Huey, what does that say? Irerius? Damon Damon Clausen kind of got it. I I think, okay, we'll give him. You, you, You make the judgment. That's your judgment call on that one. Here we back to the yeah, close enough. I mean, the, the Huey Irus is pretty funny, but I don't know. <laughs> we should give a half point just for the funniness. Half point for all you guys, and uh, mm-hmm. we should do the next one. Oh, hey, uh, this next one is a trick. It kind of, I, I think. Okay. I'm, I mean, it it isn't. It isn't. Because the. I don't know. Yeah. I went on a. I went on a. Yeah. I went on a date to this movie once. Really? Yeah, I, I, sure, I sure I did. I don't remember when. No, you know what? I saw it because my dad ran a video store in the 80s. <laughs> and and the movie, you know, it was one of the new releases, so I watched it. Well, I was 12 when this came out, so I was probably... Uh, but wait, was wow. I 12? Yeah, I was 12. So anyway, uh, it was much later that I went on a, a date. So here it is. That's so good. A There's Minneapolis no way you. Native. I mean, yes, he is Minneapolis made. Mm. Prince. Andy Baldwin has Prince, yes. And Bimbo Bowlers from Buffalo soundtrack. Not true. That's not it. Wind Doves Cry. And the movie is Purple Rain. Casey got Purple Rain. Uh, and he got the title oh. of the song, didn't he? He did. So Casey, clearly in the lead with two and a half points. All right. So Casey, uh, if we're reading this right. Uh, you are getting. You know, we haven't seen Randall in a while. Do you think he listens anymore? Or is he just so pissed off he's not going to listen? I don't know. How do we make him mad? I don't know. I Full think point. Because uh, half point. lag in the chat. Maybe he's just lurking right now and he doesn't want to. I don't know. Randall, we miss you, dude. We do. And Ryan. Ryan's now our longest running listener, I think. That's right. 1500. He, was, he was there at the beginning. Mm-hmm. He was there at the very first episode, I think. He's Casey my... says he br- he bribes Comcast to reserve a special pipe. <laughs> every Thursday the, night. The guy comes every Thursday night. I mean, wait, no. <laughs> Shut up. Uh, Who's got a special I, pipe? Are you sure you don't want to rephrase that, laddie? <laughs> <laughs> I forget I said anything. <laughs> oh, and, so, and luckily Zyla left the room. So, Sorry. <laughs> 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 All right, so here comes your next one. These are, I mean, this is a great set. I'm going to make a mix from this. It's so good. Thank you. Yeah, I love it. I was it. on the deck uh, shooting water at <laughs> doves. It's awesome. Flashdance is the movie. Damon is getting the movies. He's just, bam, cranking them out. 
It is Michael Sambello. That's Casey. And it is not Flashdance. It's Maniac. Billy Seven got it. Nice, Billy Seven. On the board. Yeah, so we got... uh, That's great. Have we given away prizes this week? We should. If you got anything. All right. Well, I'll get them out at the end when we figure it out. Okay. All right. So, um, and I'm not going to let anybody choose. They're just going to get it, and if they don't like it, they don't have to claim it. Done. (laughs) All right. So, uh, it's too complicated. I, You know... So yeah, waiting for them to reply it takes like a twenty now, seconds. It's interesting you picked this. <laughs> uh, bec- it, it's a little hard. I mean, no, this one's easy. Can I? Uh, that's not. It, can I play the correct one for the movie? Sure. All right. Oh yeah, the other. Yeah. All yeah. right. Okay, I'm gonna play the correct one for the movie. All right, here it comes. People are strange when you're strange. They did a great job with it, I think. It is People Are Strange, and that was Andy Baldwin. It's not The Doors. Not The Doors. It is Lost Boys. Casey's got got Lost Boys. It's Echo and the Bunnymen. Casey got Echo and the Bunnymen. But Casey got another full point there. Full point. Half point. Half point for the other guy. All right. Yeah, that's People Are Strange, Echo and the Bunnymen. And wow. that is Lost Boys. All right. Oh wow, this has been this has been really good. It's good, right? Oh, and I, it's, and, it's the eighties. Yeah. Plus, it's I, soundtracks, which is like my wheelhouse. Okay, here we go. <laughs> I'm gonna leave it right there. I'm gonna just see if anybody can oh, get that's it. That's a hard one. It is really hard. I'm gonna do that again. Oh well, I'll give you a hint. Don't know hint. Let's just see if anybody can get it. Casey got it. Up where we belong. Are you kidding me? How? He's, he's like a walking Shazam. Officer and, and a gentleman. Officer and a gentleman. It's and crazy. it is who's the artist? Come on, you guys. You can do this. Either saw, one of these people will take. He it. opened for Tina Turner when I watched Tina Turner. I've never seen him. Is he still alive? Let's see. I, I think he is actually. Yeah. Mr. Peabody. Wow. Mr. Peabody pulls Joe Cocker and Jennifer Warren's out. Nice work. Okay, up where we belong. I'm not gonna put I'm not gonna play the 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 clip for the hook on it though, because if I do, I'm pretty certain we'll get banned. And by the way, last week we got banned again and I actually filed a copyright um I I, 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 I I filed a, a dispute. I said, yes. I I don't think you should get to monetize my video or or ban it. We did. We only paid like ten seconds of that stupid radio song, and oh, all right. Here here's your next track. Boy, I wonder what that one. Well, that's called. Jeez. <laughs> Just give it away right there, Kenny. Right. Thanks for starting that one. <laughs> Andy Baldwin, of course. Uh, the Judds. It's not the Judds. Caddyshack is correct, Casey. Casey and it is, of course, right. any Loggins, Casey. You got that too, right? He did. And I'm going to give it to him. Full point. Half point. I wonder if Dolly's there. It's getting Loggins. It's getting... <laughs> Dolly's, Dolly's whispering this is our his last ear. One. This is our last track. Uh... We don't need uh, okay. We we don't need to play this tr- this track, right? We, we we already have a winner. We 
Well, there's two people tied for second place: Andy Baldwin and Damon. Okay, but we do have a winner. Clearly, Casey is in. So there's a tie for second place. Casey, just let this one go. We're okay. How about this? We're just going to ignore Casey's answer, and then whoever gets it gets a point. Well, how about this? If Damon or Andy answer, even if other people answer, we're going to ignore everybody else. Okay. (laughs) How about this? I think Adam slipped and almost said the song. you're such a dick. How could he know? I totally covered it, and then you just totally uh, friggin' busted me out. But nobody nowhere knows. in the whole thing where nobody hey, knows. Everybody's wondering what you said now. Newsflash: Brian is a dick. All right, here we go. <laughs> I'm out of beer. I don't. I don't remember what I said. Five oh. seconds. <laughs> let me just. Let me just. Oh. Damon and Andy, you can do it. Uh, Andy Baldwin's got Teeny Turner. Last generation. Okay, so uh, Tina Turner. Oh, Thunderdome. Andy Baldwin. Andy's going to get another prize. I think he does. Yeah, I think uh, it's Casey in first, Andy in second, and Damon in third. Sweet. So that was Tina Turner. And that was We Don't Need Another Hero. Yeah, we do not need another hero. Or another smart ass. We have plenty of stuff for done. All right. Okay, man. Adam has a lot of stuff in a bag. Yeah. All right. We're just gonna we're gonna draw some uh, fridge magnets today. Okay. Which one should we do first? You tell me. Who is it? Let's go third. Third first. Okay. Who's who's third place? Third is Damon. 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 All right. Damon, you're getting a Robotron 2084 fridge magnet. Wow, that's a and it's pretty sweet. It's it's painted perfectly by Mike Page. Uh, these are great. They have three magnets. They're about, I mean, they're pretty big. You can see. Uh, so that that that's going to Damon. All right, who's second place? Second place is Andy Baldwin. Andy Baldwin. Oh, he's getting a. Uh, this looks like a Sea Wolf. Is that nice. right? Beautiful Sea Wolf fridge magnet. All right. Next, the Bronze Age, isn't it? Final is Casey Relford. Casey. All right. Well, there's only two left in here. Oh man. Casey's getting joust. <laughs> nice. That's pretty good, huh? I don't know. These are really nice. I think Mike's going to have to send me some more. I hope he's in the chat listening. I haven't heard from him in a while. But he said if I needed any more, I should let him know. And I and I really should be giving out, like, he should have sent me a bunch of business cards because these are really cool. I, I want a whole set from He's myself. on eBay, right? Doesn't he have an eBay? Yeah, he does. Right? And I agree with Mr. Peabody. I need an exterminator. Oh, yeah? I'll, uh, I'll ask Mike Page to make, like, 12 of those. We'll put them all over your fridge. It'll be a one-time run, and uh, he'll give six to you and six to Zyla. And uh, <laughs> nice. that'll be it. You know, uh, I was talking to, um, oh, what's his name? No, I don't remember. This is a dumb conversation anyway. Uh, what's that? Is, uh, is, it time, uh, is there any voicemail? Oh, you know what? We, have, we should check the voicemail. All right. Here you go. Thank you for calling 612-548-GAME. This is Arcade Radio. Please leave your message after the tone. Hey, hey, Arcade Radio! 
usual introduction. Oh. I, I saw that farmer start using his phone to call you guys, so I thought I'd call you as well. <laughs> hey, don't believe anything he tells you. He's getting shot oh, well, no, he, he took off his lone ranger mask. Hey, I know, I know what you look like now, you freaking weirdo. <laughs> whiz past my head. I, I knew all that free milk was too good to be true. <laughs> hey, farmer, your cows told me to tell you that you suck and they hate you. <laughs> <laughs> I left him a present in the back of his truck. I hope it's still warm when he finds it. <laughs> hey, see you later, loser. And not you guys. You all are winners. Oh, and hey, Zyla, uh, I hope you all have a great show. Zars the dick out. Wait. <laughs> oh, my God. There's... He's run. How long has he been at that farm? <laughs> Holy crap. That's like three weeks. It's been a whole week. <laughs> I don't know what day was that call left. I don't know. I don't... It was like Maybe last was week. Same he was... day. He was hiding in an orange tree or something. I don't know. It's very confusing. Huh. Uh, there's another one. Uh, let's listen this way. Uh, hello, OK Radio. This is Farmer, uh, Tim Farmer again. I'm chasing this rascal hard to death right now. I had to stop him from befriending my cow. <laughs> befriending? He's so fast that I'm getting all sweaty. I hate exercise. I had to take my cold video mask off just to call you guys. If I catch a disease, I'm going to be real mad. <laughs> Almost got him that time. Go find your own cows, you space bastard. <laughs> hey, I noticed you guys never star 69 me last week. Don't be afraid to star 69 me. I highly recommend it. Oh, I got to go now. I just jumped the fence. Good riddance. One more shot for good measure. <laughs> Does anybody even know what Star 69 is anymore besides our listeners? Because <laughs> that's fucking hilarious. Uh, I think I like the farmer. Uh, he should, I'm going to be sad when he's not on the show anymore. That was like a he, sh- he said, he said. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Zyla, is she falling asleep? Oh, okay, here we go. Okay, this is the part of the show where we pay attention to our guest. Hi. <laughs> Hi. Hello. <laughs> Welcome. <sighs> we've had we've had some good chats with you already, so that's good. I have no idea what that was. It was just going on a minute ago. <laughs> <laughs> some guy that calls he calls into our show and he was in prison, but then he escaped. Well, he was a, before that he was in prison because he he was trying to ki- <laughs> Oh, he was trying. He went to the airport to try to get COVID from people at the airport, so he could build up an immunity. So immunity, yeah, that was a terrible idea. (laughs) Every week, it's been like getting worse. So this week, he was he ran away from the prison. He was in a farm, but he kept making friends with the cows. He befriended. Found out, (laughs) and so that was actually him running away from the farmer and being shot at in the first call. And then the second was the farmer who was shooting him. (laughs) 
He's our control <laughs> panel expert. Right. <laughs> and Andy Baldwin says, Zyla's like, what the fuck? <laughs> what kind of weird show is that? <laughs> what what the weird, shit just happened? Oh, Zyla, how did you start your arcade? I'm just kidding. <laughs> I just, I love it. Like, we can watch the delayed chat and you can see Zyla's reaction and she's just like, what is happening right now? It's so awesome. <laughs> Yes, this this is the part of the show when it goes off the rails. So, you know, normally we would kick off by asking, you know, your arc, your arcade origin story, and like, where did you start liking video games, and and how did you get into them? And well, we're gonna do that, but just in a different way. Okay. So, like, what I want to ask you first is, uh, like, when you were a kid, what were your favorite games to play? It sounds like you're an Atari girl. So, yep, big Atari girl. Um, in, in fact, uh, I guess Centipede was one of my early favorites. Did you loved. did you know at the time that that had that was co-programmed by a woman? I did not. Didn't really know anything about how it was made or who made it. And what drew you to Centipede? Um, that's a tough question. Gameplay. I mean. The subject matter, really. I mean, I I love centipedes, and uh, the side art is just amazing on it, and it was like really interesting because it was like it was supposed to be a centipede, but it kind of looked like it had like characteristics of a snake. Yeah. And I was also a big snake lover. Um, now, plus the game was, I think it's one of the best games ever made. So it was just like everything all combined. Like, I just loved it. No, I, I think this is really cool because not only was the arcade game awesome, but the port for the Atari 2600 VCS was pretty good, too. And and, and I don't know if you remember this, uh, Zyla, but when we met at Greenfest last year, one of our first conversations was about uh, Centipede because I I had just gotten one for a, a very reasonable price, uh, which happened to be free. And... Um, and needed some work, obviously. It didn't work at all. But the first thing you asked about me was a side art. And 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 you are sort of a connoisseur of that game. So you could tell us what the differences are in the side art? Yeah, there's two versions. There's uh, one that has uh, one additional color in it. Um, it has the purple. So the mushrooms are, like, the, the, you know, the mushrooms have, like, sections on the side art. And it's alternating colors, so it's uh, it's the the red color and then purple, and the centipede has a uh, like a purple aura around it. Um, that is the I believe the original run of the art, and then I assume Atari just wanted to save money with the printing, so they cut out a whole color, so they changed it to so the mushrooms are just the the red color, all the whole thing is red, and then the centipede has a yellow aura instead because they didn't have any purple at all in, in sure. the. Uh, the art and mine is a yellow it's pretty common but it looks nice and the art's in good shape so do you have one of each or do you just uh do you have the purple or what do you have so i had a um i had a yellow one and i sold it uh one the one that was in hyperspace and then i picked up one here in las vegas that uh it has yellow it also has yellow but unfortunately because i like the yellow i'm i mean I'm weird, like, I know it's one less color, but uh, I just like the yellow, and I don't know, for some reason I 
remember seeing the yellow one more often. But um, so I have another one with yellow, but the side art's in such bad shape. It's like torn off at the control panel on one side and you just see the bare wood. So it's got to be replaced. And unfortunately, uh, the Phoenix Arcade art is purple only. And I have a set uh, of, but actually, I don't know. I have like the crazy ideas because I, I want to get into reproducing side art. And oh, um, I have the idea of making a yellow set, but like who's going to buy that? Or it could be something that's not, uh, that, you know, never existed, which is keep the purple in for the mushrooms, but do the aura in yellow. Well, you know, I, I, if you're interested, I, I think Doc cool. Mac might be willing to help you out. Um, so, because he's got his own shop, and I and he does uh, he does printing custom stuff. And we were talking last week on the show. I'd like to do some custom stuff, um, but it'd be cool if you could do like the purple, like I have a totally unique centipede. What's your opinion on that, by the way? Uh, let's just say you you find okay. This is going to be a, dis- a group discussion, but uh, do you guys believe that you should go all original all the time, or if you get a game that was totally destroyed, converted into something else, uh, does that give you license to customize it, make it more interesting? Uh, uh, what's your opinion on on game restoration? Um, I think it's always better to keep it original, but, um, I mean, it's, I, I, I like the idea of having, like, just, like, special projects where it's, like, I know this isn't original, but I'm going to do this thing, I'm going to, you know, I, I, sometimes I see, I, sometimes I see people, like, taking, like, conversions, and, uh, it's, like, I'd rather see someone take a conversion and, uh, enhance it if they really like it and they like the cabinet that it's in like just enhance it as is because it's like to deconvert a game you I mean you're 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 taking away a game it's like what for instance like defenders defenders are all over the place right sure. it's like you got like a, now this may be a bad example because I don't actually like uh, conversions in the defender cabinet because it's got such a you like a unique shape to it. Yeah, so it when does. you look at it, I just think, oh, that's a defender. But sometimes you have a game that's converted and it's a like a newer game that's like not common, and it's like, well, there's a chance to play the game. It's in a cabinet. And what else are you gonna do? Or you know, um, so you know, people who like deconvert a game, it's like put it back to the defender or whatever and then like pull out the you know the jamma board or whatever whatever game it was and then it's like now you can't play that game it's like but you can play defender anywhere so right. i kind of have like have that feeling about it and there's certain games like that like i think i agree with you in, in some respects because uh especially defender because there are a lot of defenders i don't know how many they made but it must have been like a billion you know yes. and, and i still don't know and i still and I hated that game when I was a kid. I, I hated it. It was so... It was very difficult. It was hard. Stargate Star is much better, in my opinion. Uh, it's interesting you say that, because that's also hard. But, I, I, you know, and by the way, I'm trying to get Larry on the show, Larry DeMar, because we've already had Eugene on twice. And Larry just... He was going to do the show, but he's gone into hiding. I think he's just avoiding COVID altogether. Like, maybe he thinks he's going to get it from Facebook. I don't, I don't know. So, anyway, uh, sidetrack. Uh, yeah, I agree with you. What, uh, what if? Uh, here's here's a question for you. What if you had a perfectly, a beautiful specimen of a of a 
of a defender that had been un that looked like it was Huo. Let's for example. And then um and then <laughs> what? you just here comes the angst. <laughs> and then here you, comes the angst. And then you oh, decide no. I'm gonna strip this thing down and turn it into something else. I don't know. Like maybe like a game that was in I don't know, war yeah. games that you know might have something to do with Agent X or Cloak and Dagger. Oh. You know. Yeah. No, I, I would not I, I, I don't think that's a good idea. Like I just I'm not gonna I shouldn't I just just shut up. But I know a guy I mean, who did that. Would that would be like taking a spaceman scramble cabinet in beautiful condition <laughs> and sanding it down and <laughs> putting LED T molding on it. Painting it uh, green. Make it sorry, Dan. <laughs> okay. That is that is an exception. I gotta say, it was already converted to a TMNT two player game. Uh, so taking it the extra mile and stripping it and painting it is is sad. I would actually prefer to see it with the old spaceman side art on it, you know, I've as a, a conversion. Terrible, I've got a I've got a scramble that's complete, but the cabin is is toast. Yeah, no. he could have he could have taken that. I mean, easily. First of all, uh, anybody in the chat of the thirty some people watching right now, if you ever want to destroy a cabinet. Talk to us first, because we might have a cabinet we'd like to exchange you for it. Or sure, go, I have five Miss Pac-Man and two packs, so come on. Yeah, or, Let's you know, go. and actually, I would love to make a glob machine out of a Pac-Man, but it would have to be pretty messed up. Um, because I, th- I feel sure. like Pac-Man... Go ahead. Messed up Pac-Man. <laughs> What'd you say? I have one missing the top, so if you're interested. Zyl, I didn't hear you. What'd you say? Oh, I said that's not hard to find a messed up Pac-Man that would be a candidate for that. Yeah. Like, I, I see all the time people like, oh, I'm restoring a Pac-Man, and they like put like stickers on the side, and it's like, uh-huh. uh, why? That yeah. is the point. No. Like, and yeah, incidentally, those stencils uh, atrocity. By the way, incident the stickers don't have the blue dots. So. Is that true? Who Neither did- do most people's stencil jobs either, though. Who did a stencil? Was it Fett? Did he do a Pac-Man where he, where he splattered with a toothbrush? Or was that uh, Chris? Somebody did one, and it, it's amazing. But um, but yeah, if you're gonna if you're gonna redo a Pac-Man, you gotta you, it's uh, you gotta do you gotta pay special attention to the details. I mean, so you yeah. Eddie said arcade one up is the jam. They are the future. Everything should be arcade one up. Okay, where's my gun? <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna get started on that. Yo, Eddie, I'm gonna kick you in the nuts. Okay, so <laughs> that's that's interesting. Okay, let's talk a little bit about hyperspace because I think um, you were probably one of the first classic arcades, if not the first in the Denver area, uh, Lakewood, Colorado. Uh, you ran it for how many years? Um, it's, uh, I guess it's been since uh, 2014. And then. Uh, and I know you were interviewed in 2016, and you've been interviewed a bunch of times. Uh, 100 plus uh, classic arcades and pinball in the same establishment, all on free play. Um, well, it didn't start out on free play, but yeah. Yeah, and we had a discussion about this, and I wanted to bring it up because I I, I feel like that wasn't the route you wanted to go initially. And, and so tell us about your opinion on that. Um, I absolutely hate free play. Um <laughs> But there's reasons why I went to free play. Um, uh, it solves the problem of, I mean, it's hard to make money with these games, you know? Like, you can't just 
I tried just to, you know, have people put in quarters and tried like a, you know, a door fee in combination with the quarters to try to make up for the lack of, you know, quarter doesn't, quarter's not worth what it used to be. Right. And, uh, I mean, there's just a lot of factors, but it's hard to make money with an arcade like that. Um, but, uh, yeah, free, free play like does a few things. Um, first of all, you, you, you charge, you obviously charge more at the door and then you get all the money and you don't have to worry about how many games they're going to play. Um, but also a big thing, which was an improvement is when games came out in the eighties, it was a new game. No one played it. No one had seen it before. No one knew how to play it. They, that was the game everyone wanted to play. They wanted to try it and, <laughs> and they sucked at it because how could they not like right. they never played it before. That and was the point. Tried it better. Yeah. And nowadays with these like retro arcades and, you know, nostalgia fueled retro arcades that is. Um, people they they go in and they're like, ooh, Galaga and they go play Galaga and they go, ooh, Dig Dug and they go play Dig Dug and then they're like, Crackdown, what the hell is that? And they don't touch it. They're scared of it. Uh, and or so, they, or with, they ignore Exterminator. They, yeah, exactly. You know, sometimes um, a joke so with, goes a little too long. You know. Just maybe maybe a little too long. Are you sure? Yeah. Like by three weeks. <laughs> anyway, you were saying, Zyla? Um, with free play, it's still a problem. People still want to go to the games that they already know. But they don't have anything. It's not a risk. Like, if they play it and they suck at it because they're going to because they never played it before, it doesn't cost them anything. So there's, there's more of a chance people will, will play something different. Uh but it's still weird that they don't do it more. But when it costs money, no one wants to put a quarter in a game that they don't know how to play because they're afraid yeah. they'll just lose their quarter in five seconds. Right. So describe to me, let's bring you back to when you were 10, and you go to an arcade, and you've got, let's just say you're lucky, and you've got $4 worth, worth of tokens, and you got an extra dollar for, for free. So you got $5 worth of tokens. Uh, describe to me your experience going into the arcade and putting uh, and choosing a game with your token and what that meant to you. Um. Well, uh, deep. Back, back then, just there, it, like it was so exciting. Like it was pretty easy to find a game that just looked like super cool and fun, and just play it. Um, you, you know, you, you know, I would fall back on games that were my favorites but you know I always had new favorites because I was always playing something that first time I'd ever seen it did and you observe is, other people first to see if it was hard or did you just go in and, and put a quarter usually, in? usually the new games it's hard to play them because there's so many people playing them yeah, yeah. Like, that's, kind of, it, that, that's kind of a nice like um it kind of eases you into a new game because it's like you just see like the line of people waiting to play the new game and it's like well I'll go play my other you know favorite game whatever and then you finally get in and you play it once and then someone's waiting behind you so you get you know you get a chance to play it and then the next time you do it again and then and then eventually the game's not brand new so you get to play it as much as you want and maybe it's your new favorite hmm. 
do you remember walking into an arcade and thinking, I have to play this game? Like, the first time you ever saw a certain game, was it Centipede? Was it Frogger? Was it another game? Do you remember, do you have a vivid memory of like a Chuck E. Cheese experience or an arcade experience where you walked in and you're like, I, that's the game I want to play? I remember wandering off uh, from a, a water park and finding a, the, the Riviera uh, hotel and casino and I like saw Atari logos and I was like oh my god what is this and I like kind of like snuck in there and and uh, so followed these signs that said Atari Adventure and followed them up the stairs and it ended up in this arcade that had like no one else in it it was called Atari Adventure and it was the first time I ever saw Major Havoc and it was like the most unreal experience ever Did you and think- I I immediately put a quarter in Major Havoc, and it became one of my favorite games. That's a fun game. I never got to play that in the arcade. In fact, the first time I ever played that was on a PS2 uh, in, like, a collection. You know, I I think that's the first time I played it. But I have played it on an arcade game since, and it it is one of my favorites. I remember it uh, maybe just as an imprint from going into different arcades, but... It is such a good game. It is a really good game. I have a question. So uh, that story about Major Havoc, that c- kind of s- makes me want to ask, did you have any other games that are deeply associated like with a particular event or a time in your life that you, you know, the game is like so associated with that? Um, sure. My first game was uh, Asteroids Deluxe. I got that as a Christmas present in 1983. What? So that's a, <laughs> wow. Are you kidding me? Ah, that's awesome, yeah. right? And it was funny because my parents tricked me. They thought they made me think that my big ultimate present for the year was an Atari 5200. And so I was super excited about that. And I like sat down and played like Keybert and Gyrus. And then they're like, "Oh, sorry, there's one more present. It's in the other room." And it was an Asteroids Deluxe machine. Oh my god! Oh my god! It's it's like you're the kid from the toy, or like <laughs> you're like freaking what's his name from Silver Spoon? Ricky Schroeder? Yeah, yeah. You have video games in your basement when you're 1983. That is awesome. What a great! Wow, good job, parents. Uh-huh. Nice. Uh, speaking of parents, your dad helped you with hyperspace for a while. Yes. Uh you have a good relationship with your dad and um what was that like working with dad to set up an arcade um i mean he just kind of wanted to help help me realize my dream um he was pretty hands-off on how i did things but of course i always you know talk to him for advice about sure. how to do things they ultimately usually end up with him being like well you know this business more than i do but um, <laughs> yeah yeah. Are you, have you still are you still searching for that perfect, you know, sort of goal of of that what whatever that business is that you want it to be? Oh, this is the this is the question, and no one wants to hear the answer to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, I, I mean, I'll, unless you're burned out, and I'm like, hey, well, that's fine too. And, and let's just before oh. can I, I, I add to this question before you answer it. You have a Facebook page with almost 6,000 people following. You have a a hyperspace was, for lack of a better term, a very beloved arcade. I mean, it was, you created something special. And for all of the hardships that you may have faced, 
Now answer Mark's question. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> um, there were times... Uh, I mean, my, my feelings on it, on, on running hyperspace, like, changed dramatically over the years, but um, there were times when I was just, like, really happy, like, with, you know, what I had created and just sit there and seemed like everything was right, and but those were fleeting moments. Um, uh, there's so many horrible customers, and... Oh. Uh, the the biggest problem is that uh, and this I don't I don't blame anyone for this like like this is not I'm not I'm not saying oh these are horrible people or anything like that but you had we had so many people that were like I love this place it's my favorite place and they came once a year yeah and it's okay I mean I, if it was you know if I had a favorite place I would probably go more than once like, a year. Yeah, I go to Disney four times a year. Hello, you're a liar. it's no no one really to blame. It's just it's just like well, how do you expect a business to right. to you know survive like that? And and um, then there were the people who really meant it and. They came all the time. They came. They maybe they came every day for a while, but they get burned out, and yeah. and then they don't come back. And I mean, there was so much pressure to constantly have different games for those people. So when then they, you know, they we had you know the monthly passes, and they would expire, and then they would not come. And maybe they came back like six months later, and maybe had a few new games since then but it just wasn't enough for them to like do the whole come every day thing again sure so it's just really hard to i mean back in the 80s and the 90s um it, it you know it, it created that that environment that people just kept going and it didn't it, like you you didn't have to do anything to get people to do that because every time you came it probably was different you know it was always you know an ongoing exciting experience and to make that happen with a bunch of old games they're 30 years old it's pretty hard yeah right. you're very that's very that's very I mean, true i i feel like that is where you reach into the top of the arcade you know people have parties and stuff like that so my goal my goal personally is to create an event center that just happens to have my arcade with hundred and something games, and I think that I think that tr it's the pairing that's the trick. It's like, am I going to pair my arcade with an event center, or am I going to pair my arcade with a place where people get their hair cut? You know, it's it's <laughs> it's that it's that marrying of modern, you know, kind of necessity with with the arcade by itself because the arcade by itself, I think, is very difficult. Like even um, Steve Barbie. Uh, you know, don't write his name down. But Steve <laughs> has even said his real estate business really pays for grinkers. It does not make the money to sustain itself. It's a, it's a, it's there for love, and he just happens to have this other thing that's helping it. So it's like what and the sandwiches you, and beer are amazing. They are amazing. But so, what would you do here? So here's your question: If you had to be put to the, you know, to this question, which is what we're doing, what would you? Say let's bring our crate back, but like also bring back something. Not bring back, but put put it next to something else. Sean up has a suggestion. I don't know if you guys saw in the. He chat. does. <laughs> no. Did it scroll? Me. I didn't see it. The uh, arcade brothel. 
Oh, no. Oh, no, my God. Uh, no, that's a terrible idea. That's the worst now, ever. We had some jokes about that at hyperspace for a time. Oh, <laughs> I, have a, I have a question. It was in Colorado. Okay. You couldn't get... Um, couldn't sell some of the uh, states uh, allowed, uh, you know. Yeah, she could have a kiosk with a fingerprint reader, and then they could come in like instead of renting a Redbox video, they could just get some Mary Juana. Edibles. I did talk to somebody who said an arcade, a pizza place, and slow down chips on Miss Pac-Man. Oh come attached on! Attached to a oh, marijuana man. place. Slow down chips. Who is that? Who is that? I'm gonna kick him in the nuts. People about our Pac-Man because it was normal speed, and they're like, "Oh, it's so slow." So slow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember playing uh, Miss Pac-Man uh, with a speed chip for the first time, and it was my grandma and grandpa took me to. A, some restaurant in Rochester and there was a little Miss Pac-Man machine. I think it was a cabaret. And I'd never, I'd, I'd never seen the speed chip. And, um, so I put it in the quarter and I'm expecting it to go the normal speed. And it was like zooming around. And I was so like, wow, this is so fun. <laughs> I'm like trying to explain to grandma how she has no clue. She, she doesn't give a rat's ass about how fast Miss Pac-Man is. And she's kind of regretting giving me the quarter already. But anyway, yeah, but you, I, I like to, the, You get to play forever when it's got the speed chip in it. Well, yeah, you can. You can play for quite a bit longer, that's for sure. Steve said it makes money and enough. So so it's interesting. So uh, we talked a little bit at Grinkfest about, and you were just mentioning customers. And there's like a one percentile of customers that can wreck your business because they come in. And they stand around and they do the same stupid shit that kids did in the 80s. And they sit there and pick at the side art. And they're a little ass. You know, and, and yeah. Pick so, on your fingernails, kids. So tell us some of the horror stories about running your arcade and watching your babies get destroyed. Oh, I don't, I don't know. Maybe pick two. Pick, pick, <laughs> pick, pick one story. One story. First, I didn't have a chance to answer Mark's question. Um, oh, sorry. What? what what would I pair the arcade with? Oh, um, yeah, right. Again. Well, considering I'm in Las Vegas now, I would pair it with uh, video slot machines. Nice. Um, I mean, you know, back in the 80s, like every casino, almost every casino here had an arcade, and some of them had amazing arcades. Um, but, of course, the gambling machines were not near the arcade games. Um so, like, maybe maybe now it would be something that you could combine. Like, but no one's done it. But I don't know if that's because you can't, like, there's laws against it. Or if uh, just no one's done it because, like, I, I looked actually looked it up and I didn't find anything that sounded like that there was a, a problem with doing that. Uh, but I can only imagine, like, probably, uh, you know, an owner of a casino would, or, or other place with handling machines would be like, why would I put video games taking up floor space when I can have more, you know, right. casino games that are going to make more money? It's so. a, I think you have a niche there because if I'm going to Vegas, I'm not real big at gam- on gambling, but I, I dabble. So... It might be fun for me to go to a place where I can feel comfortable playing games that I know that I'm going to lose at eventually. Anyway, uh, and then maybe throw five bucks into a you know uh, a slot. 
Yeah, and someone in the chat just said um, that they have arcade-themed uh, slots, which, I, yeah, I find that pretty interesting, the, the new video slot machine. That's why I say video slot machines, because we're getting more and more, like, mm-hmm. simple to, to video games. Uh, you know, there, there was, like, a... Well, I, I, saw, I saw online, like, pictures of Centipede one, but I never saw one in real life. But I did see a Space Invaders one, and I know there's others. I know I know Excalibur has that underground arcade and it is some somewhat redemption but of course it has a lot of raw thrills games. I don't know if you've been to Excalibur recently. But Yes, I have. Oh, nice. Fun place. They I haven't had, They had an amazing arcade back, you know, in the in the 80s and 90s. Well, I guess it was the 90s. Um they had a uh, they actually had a um a Galaxian 3 there and they had oh. Dragon's Lair 2 and I can't remember what else now. Wow. Well, wow. Whenever you hear Galaxian 3, I'm like, we don't care about space. Come on, just put that. Park <laughs> uh, yeah. your two cars inside of us. Both around still. Yeah. Wow. So I'm going to ask the question, is there a hyperspace? So you obviously have an idea about how you'd like to reopen an arcade. Do you want to run another business? Um, I will probably always do business stuff. Um but uh, as far as an arcade where people, where you're, you re- rely on customers to come in and somehow pay to play your games, I have no plans to do that again. Okay, right. all right, Point. fair enough. And it, and that's and that's a, I think that's totally legitimate. There's a lot of people, um, and including myself, I I would have a hard time putting uh, games out on the floor working so hard to get them working and then have a disrespectful clientele uh, somehow uh, ruin that experience or just, you know, and, and you also mentioned you had you had clientele that love the place, but just they can't afford to come back or, you know, it's not on their top of their mind to come back. Um, and it isn't like the eighties, unfortunately, where like, I was going to say this earlier, but when I go to, when I used to, I, I used to love to get out of my house, away from my parents, and the and we always ended up at the arcade, whether we played a bunch of games or not. You know, we did our circuit at the mall. You go to the movie. You go to the food court. Uh, you go to the arcade. You know, those were sort of the, for me at least. And um, and uh, you did that because you didn't want to be at home, and you had you know that was a fun place to hang out. Uh, and there was usually always something new. Uh, that's hard, and again, that's hard to do. I like the idea of a casino arcade, though. And I think it would. I think it'd be great if you did that. So. I think it'd be great, but I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I got other things I want to do. Um, of course, I'll always do be doing things with arcade games, but just it's just the the whole like. relying on like I said it's the relying on customers to come in and play your games and to come back and it's you know it'd be, it'd be one thing if you if it was affordable to like you know have a big arcade like smack on the strip where you're gonna have you know constant I mean that that would work really well I think so it'd be like you know you'd have all, all these tourists and they'd be like the you know it's the nostalgic thing, and it's like, and they're not going to come back because they don't live there. So it's like, who cares? Is it right. the next person that comes? Um, 
sense, and that that would work except for, uh, you know, I'm certain it's like how well it would do is still it like proportionally not anywhere near what you would need how well you would need to do to afford a place like that. Yeah, right. Ten thousand dollar a month rent for us one of those strip center spots that are yeah. along the way. God. Like hyperspace was in a bad location and the rent was too expensive. So it's like, it, it's like, how do you, it, right. it's, it's terrible because. So, so my workaround for that is you own your building and you live in it and it's your house. And so that way, if it doesn't work out, oh, well, I just have stuff in my house. So <laughs> yeah. Arcade Jason says, uh, ar- maybe you could do an arcade games, barbecue and foot massage. Oh man, <laughs> my foot hurts. Hey, that reminds me. Oh, sorry. Aaron Sanders wants to ask you about your time working for Sega Arcade. Ah. Oh. Um. Okay. Uh oh. Had lots of fun uh, repairing arcade games. <laughs> what I mean, what is Sega Arcade really? A lot of us don't know. He's talking about um, the uh, the Luxor had a the, the Sega Arcade. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I worked there for a little bit, and um, also they bought Circus Circus. Circus. Someone also asked about uh, Circus Circus Arcade, and I would say that that was in the in the '80s. That was one of the most amazing arcades ever. Now, it's interesting that's brought up because both uh, Damon brought that up. Uh, circus uh, Circus Pizza, Circus Arcades was different than Circus Circus. In fact, they got sued by Circus Circus. Uh, so there is a Circus Arcade uh, chain that existed, and, the, and, the, and there's some confusion on whether or not they're related. They're not. Uh, so, really? Yeah, so Circus, uh, Circus Circus was obviously a casino, and they may have had an amazing arcade, but uh, uh, Circus uh, Pizza here in... In the Midwest was created, uh, I believe, by Norman Pink, who also did Piccadilly Circus, and um, those those arcades. Uh, they originally they were going to call them Circus Circus, and there was a cease and desist, and so that was just called Circus. So there there is a there's a totally separate chain, uh, and and that goes for Aladdin's also. Aladdin's Casino is not related to Aladdin's Castle, which Bally owned. That was a totally separate entity. And they get confused, uh, and I'm I kind of wonder if the arcade people that started them up knew that they could cash in on the popularity of the casinos by using these names. But they're totally separate entities. So check out your history on those because they're not the same entities, uh, even though they have similar names. So sorry to burst everyone's bubble. Uh, so I was going to ask you because you mentioned. I was like looking at some of your favorite pieces. You talked about Major Havoc. Tell me about Crackdown, because that's not a common game people bring up. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Well, I can also answer the question of uh, what horrible things happened in hyperspace. Because. <laughs> oh yeah, um, I want to hear that story too. Oh no. But basically, my final straw when I started pulling all my rare games towards the end was someone peeled the part of the side art off of my Crackdown. Oh no. I lost it. I was so mad, and it's just like, why do I, why do I have these games that mean so much to me personally on the floor when some fuckhead that doesn't <laughs> care about them is gonna come deface them? Like, uh, yeah. like I understand, like, you know, kids did that in the '80s, 
because it's like, I mean, I certainly didn't because I always like have this awe and respect for all the games, but not everyone was like that. But also the games, I, I mean, I, it's kind of a weird, weird thing to say, but it's like, they were still being made at that time. So it's like, if you like destroyed one, you didn't, you know, it, you didn't destroy something that has a limited amount and there will never be more of. Yeah. So it's just like, how can you, how can you do that? I, yeah. yeah and you know, it's, I don't know. I've never understood public defacement of anything. Peelers. What would you say, Mark? I hate peelers. Yeah, it's and it's not just peelers. It's writers. It's it, it it's scratchers. It's carvers. It's you know. We had all that stuff happen there, but it's like it just depends on what game it was, how mad I got about it, you know. Yeah. Oh, and it, it's so frustrating. Like, what what is wrong in your life that you need to deface something like that? What like what what satisfaction does that bring you? I mean. I, sometimes it, I think they have like a weird OCD and I'm like, uh, you know what? I don't need people here with OCD. I don't know. I think it's more about like a person marking their territory. Like you're a fucking dog and you need to Maybe. pee on it. I mean, it's hard to tell, right? I mean, how do you find those people and, and psychoanalyze them? They're writing on that, <laughs> scratching oh. it. And yeah. Yes, for sure. I mean, thankfully nobody was urinating on the games. Hopefully. Uh, no. Didn't didn't, uh, didn't see that happen. <laughs> What's the worst thing that's happened in your was that was it was that it scratch pulling the art off that game? Yeah, that was that was the worst for yeah. sure because it was like it was my personal number one favorite game, extremely rare, and there's nothing wrong with the side art. And yeah. I had two of them. One of them had like faded, screwed up side art, and the other one and the other one I got after that, and I was like, oh, the art's all perfect on it, and not and that was- anymore. Crankshaft? What was that? Cracktown. Cracktown. So I've never played Cracktown, so I need to look that up. Yeah, Brian, you wanted me to. Yeah, tell me like that isn't that's not a common one, and it's like all the all the rare like a lot of the collectors are like, oh, I like this, you know, random vector from the early '80s, or whatever. And Cracktown, if I'm correct, was like late. I mean, I started pulling up because it was like late '80s, right? It's not like a yeah. dynamo dynamo cab. It's a dynamo cab, yeah. So what what drew you to that one? Um, it's just super fun. It's like such a well designed game, and it just like blew, blew me away the first time I played it. Um, actually, I I had a friend that told me about it before. I could, a lot of games like I didn't have the chance to go see it like first out of like my friends, and so I'd have a friend be like. Oh, this you know whatever arcade like just got this new game and then they would describe it to me and it would be like weird in my mind because it would just be based on the description. Sure. And then I could play it and it would be like totally different usually from what <laughs> I envisioned when they described it to me. But if they were describing it to me and it was a You're really cool deal. game, so it's not like I was disappointed or anything. But uh, that's what happened with Crackdown. I had a friend that was like telling me, oh, he's like, you got you got to play this game, Crackdown. It's like a new Sega game, and it's like you like you go around and like kind of like a maze, and you like squished yourself up against the wall when you push the joystick towards the wall. And I was like, well, that sounds what? Cool. It's like Pango. Yeah. Oh yeah. Sorry, what? Pango. <laughs> you squish yourself yeah. up against the wall. Well, you like it's like someone shoots at you, and yeah. 
the bullet's coming towards you and you push towards the wall and you duck out of the way and the bullet goes past you and then like that and you know you get used to doing that trick for the first few levels and then all of a sudden you you come up and against a different enemy that shoots off to the side when you try and do that so it's just like such a well-designed game and uh, i love that it's like i have i don't really like continuing um like the whole like adding like continuing to games i think that in in general it like i mean maybe it's an exaggeration to say it ruined arcade games but it's it's pretty it's a pretty bad addition obviously they did it because you know they want people to put more money in and continue but it's as collectors games where you continue it screws them up because it's like you force yourself not to continue it doesn't cost you know you own the game so it's like you you don't have any barrier there it's not like oh i just you know i just spent five dollars on this game i'm not i'm not going to continue i'll save it for next time when it's just on your house, it's like there's no limit. You have to just like force yourself to not continue if you want to like get better at it. Really, um, you just play through a game from beginning to end. The like, just power through, like continuing, continuing. You're not actually getting good at that game. You're just, no. you're just suck at it by the time you kill the last boss. So uh, anyway, Crackdown. It, you know, it was, it was a continuing game, but it had uh, the the um, the level of the difficulty level was just right, so you could get pretty really far in the game without continuing. And I still haven't done it, but my goal is to get through it all on one credit. Nice. Well, it's got yeah. it's got your signature Sega sounds. It's beautiful. Late eighties, nineteen eighty nine, medium res, right? Uses the same monitor, seven twenty. Yeah. And APB probably and whatever else. APB is 19 inch. Oh, is it? It's yeah. It's a system 24, so it shares with a uh, a game Mark and I have, Hot Rod. Yeah. Oh man, I gotta get that game into my house. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I think we're gonna wrap it up for tonight. But I want to really, uh, first of all, uh, stay with us after the show, Zyla. We like to wrap up with our guest after the the sign off, and um. And we just want to thank you for being on the show tonight. It was really fun to talk about, you know, the pros and cons of having an arcade and uh, just kind of getting to know you. And we'd love to have you back on the show. So thanks for joining us. Yeah, it's been fun. Yeah, and we, and we you know, we're going to have our second uh, arcade radio uh, happy hour coming up. Um, so we'll definitely invite you to that because it would be fun to just hang out with you in the, in, in the Zoom and get Zoom bombed yeah. again, right? More- yeah, well, no, we don't want to be zoom bombed again. Oh, that was sorry. not good. Yeah, Adam, don't. Yeah, so please no. put a password in or hey, something. Hey, dude, I wasn't the one that tweeted the meeting. I didn't know that was going to happen. <laughs> I mean, uh, we I had a disaster, and then Adam went to like kick one guy out that was very inappropriate, and ended up deleting himself from the chat from the Zoom. Oh, that's and it. We had like <laughs> naked people and like oh, my trolls, God. and, and yeah, it was yeah, not it's great. good. Oh, it was so fun. Oh. It was terrible. Ah, I tell you, it's traumatizing. I <laughs> can't zoom again. We're gonna uh, play a different outro song tonight. I think. Oh really? Yeah, I okay. think so. Are you guys ready to do the outro? Are you ready? Oh, sure, I'm right. ready. Yes. Hold on, I got my pants on. All right, so, well, let's try this. Uh, all right, here we go. Started. That's gonna be it for the double R's. Thanks for listening in the arcade radio tonight, guys. And we're gonna see you in another week with another like guest. I said, like us at Facebook at Arcade Radio. 
Or check out the semi-regularly updated blog at Arcade Radio. That's R-C-A-D-E-R-A-D-I-O.com. All right. I barely hear that. That's really dim. Can you turn that up a little bit? Sure. Crank it. Hey, call and leave comments and questions on the game line. 612-548-GAME or 4263. We know you really won't leave any comments because all of our comments were recorded previously. <laughs> Go ahead. Is it Brian? Oh, I was answering the chat. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Click the notification bell. It's right there so you'll know when we're streaming live. You can also subscribe to our podcast on Anchor FM. That's the main site. Or iTunes or Google Play or Music or wherever podcasts are streamed. <laughs> so that's going to be it for the show from the RK Radio team. We hope you had a great time. And we'll see you next week. Oh, my God. Week to week, man, this is hard. We could have. Yeah, we're gonna have like 40 episodes. I like this track. about releasing an album. Now let's cut this. Next break, we're cutting this. Tell us about your first pick.